cool kids are saying cool it's like cake. <laughs> it's cake. I didn't even I didn't take the change. Yeah, there. man, that's cake. Remember when yeah. you used to say that? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Now it's batter. Now yeah. it's batter. Now it's just the batter. <laughs> We're not even too cake yet. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start saying that. Yeah. Man, dude, dude that's batter. That paint scheme. That's batter, man. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's something that's about to be cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrew's trying to make it stick. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta dude, let him cook first. Work. You gotta let him cook. <laughs> <laughs> Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. They're close, convenient, and have the parts you need fast, along with excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. The Daytona 500, NASCAR's Holy Grail. A win here will be remembered forever. If you survive the chaos, they might just call you. Daytona 500 champion. Got a good ring to it, don't it? Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download in the Bojangle Studio, and we got a big show for you today. We got one show off the ground and um and, and had a lot of fun last week with Marty Smith as our guest on uh, today's uh, Dirty Air. Obviously, we're going to talk about my race weekend at Florence, uh, the great run, run that we had. Um, and uh, Jeff Gordon's coming in tomorrow, so so a great week. Obviously, Daytona 500's here. Um, can't even wrap my brain around the fact that the season's just getting ready to start. It is here. Um, in the studio, Andrew, uh, Dalton. Howdy. How you guys doing? What's going on? Doing I got well. a little frog in my throat. Um, I feel great just uh, in the morning waking up with something going on up there uh, in my head, but uh, don't mind me. We're feeling good. Um, but let's jump right into it, man. Got some personal stories I wanted to share. I talked last week about uh, Jeff Bodine's book. Yep. All right. It's called All of It. That's the name of it. All of it. He's telling all of it, I guess. Um, so Jeff Bodine has been on our show. Uh, and he wrote a book, uh, with Dominic Aragon, I believe is the way you pronounce that. Yeah. Aragon. I've flagged a lot of the pages in here. I'm just going to briefly go over some of, uh, the stories that Jeff tells in this book. Um, you know, he's a unique guy and he, this, just like when we have guests come on the show, we, it's like, you know, they're going to come in here and tell their truth, right? We don't have to believe it. We can think it's bullshit. But there, it's their truth, so you let them tell it, right? And that's the same way I kind of viewed this book. So let's go through it, okay? Some things that I thought are probably truthful, 
some things that I think maybe there's a different side to, to the story. One, uh, one in particular, Rick Hendrick is not at the race when they win their first race at Martinsville. HMS wins its first race at Martinsville with Jeff behind the wheel. Rick's not there. Rick's first reaction as a new winning car owner in the Cup Series is to go to Jeff's house and toilet paper his house. That happened. <laughs> um, I don't know why I thought that was funny. Rick is a grown man, a owner of a dealership. Yeah, not the guy I would picture TP in a house. No, <laughs> right? Um, Does he say where he was? feel like that he was at a uh church retreat his wife um at page eight in the story jeff will tell you that he's racing in his very first daytona 500 1979 and they have engine failure and he gets out of the car and the owner of the car blames him for the engine failure this is sort of a a reoccurring sort of thing from jeff is that this happened and that person blamed me for it that's kind of a reoccurring thing going on in the book um the first chapter is about his childhood and his early days in racing. The Cup career begins in Chapter 2. He talks about how he brought power steering into the Cup Series in 1982, hmm. which is interesting. A lot of times we hear that it was on Bobby Allison's car first. It was actually Jeff saying it's on his car. Um, there's a chapter on my dad called The Intimidator where he hmm. speaks really well of dad. He shares his version of events, but he doesn't take it too far in his criticism of dad. And he ends the chapter with comments about how dad impacted the sport in an incredible way. But the very last sentence of that chapter is, quote, and I found out after Dale's death that he actually hated me. That's the last sentence of the chapter. I'm like, where's the context? Mm. Who told you that? Maybe I could, uh, you know, argue that point. Do you believe that to be true? No, I don't believe that to be true. Um, did they? Did Dad have an opinion of Jeff? Yes. Yeah. Um, did he? Did he like everything he did on the racetrack? No. But, I mean, after 20 years of not racing each other, I'm sure that he didn't hate him. Um, and they, and Jeff shares some stories early in this chapter about how they would come over to the lake house. Me and um, Kelly and Jeff's kids would play together and, and, and swim in the lake and all that. And Dad and Jeff would hang out, have dinners. So, I mean, they started off friendly. As most driver-driver you know, relationships do. Um, yeah. But anyhow, after after a uh, winless season with Harry Hyde in 1985, Gary Nelson becomes the crew chief on his car in 1986, and they win Daytona. Uh, and then they kind of have some engine issues throughout the rest of the year, don't have a lot of speed. Jeff says that Harry, now crew chief for Tim Richmond, was stealing their motors <laughs> and taking the good motor every week. And he says that it happened a lot in 86. Jeff goes to Rick, and Rick's like, I don't believe you, that can't be happening. But then Jeff says that Rick finally believed Jeff Bodine that, you know, Harry was doing this with the engines well after Harry's death. So Rick, you know, Jeff says, you know, I went to Rick, told him this was happening in the moment. He didn't believe me. But years later, he came up to me and said, I believe you now. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting, he says of Levi Garrett, right? He had this tobacco sponsorship. Levi Garrett blamed their slip in product sales partly because of the number five's team performance in 1989. Not the government new restrictions on tobacco advertisement. <laughs> nah, it's Jeff Bodine behind the wheel doing yeah. that. It, it didn't run good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff drove for Bud Moore. I think this is the one thing that sums Jeff up the best, okay? Jeff wins a race, okay? And Bud has um, missed a few weeks, and they've had some good runs. So he says during his post-race interview, Bud, 
you need to stay home more. We do better when you're not here. <laughs> and he said, after I said that, I knew I was going to have to apologize to Bud. And I didn't mean to offend him, but that statement really did. And I made sure to apologize. That's Jeff Bodine in a nutshell. He says something that sounds like so ridiculous. Like he doesn't really intentionally mean to uh, be a jack to Bud, right? But he's just saying something that he thinks funny in the moment in front of a, you know, with a microphone in his face. He says, which I believe this, he helped bring Hoosier into NASCAR. This is where it gets pretty profound. Uh, he helped bring Hoosier into NASCAR in 1994. Dare Waltrip was the tester originally for Hoosier, but wasn't getting good results. So Jeff took over and turned things around. And he used to be called the Chuck Yeager test pilot because his ability to catch failing tires before they blew, avoiding crashing into the wall. Um, Jeff, he gets, uh, right around this time, he gets really, really honest about his divorce. Uh, he gets very honest about his, uh, you know, his, his, uh, where he was mentally and emotionally. It's really, really dark stuff. Um, he says that year he tested 34 times in 1994 for Hoosier, trying to get that tire off the ground. <laughs> Hoosier's coming into the sport, right? Goodyear and Hoosier are now battling again. Um, those, uh, those, th those couple of chapters are pretty, pretty impactful, but. One of the things that where the good where the Hoosier deal ends, Hoosier's Hoosier runs in 1994. They have great success with with Jeff, and then they're out in the off season, right? And they don't come back in 1995. Goodyear is now the sole tire provider again. Jeff claims that Goodyear gave them bad tires on purpose and torpedoed his 1995 season and beyond. And he took that theory all the way to Bill France. He said, Bill. I'm getting bad tires from Goodyear intentionally because I was the Hoosier guy last year. And he says that because he took that issue to Bill, Bill France then retaliated and intentionally gave him a small restrictor plate in July for Daytona so that he would fail to make the field. Do you believe that? No. <laughs> the, I, I, I will stop right there. I don't want to uh, tell you all of the things there are a couple more bombshells, I would say. I would, yeah. Bombshell might be a strong term. Jeff Bedine's book, all of it. Check it out. You need to read it. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, I know you could consider, you could think that I'm clowning him just a little bit here, but it's a great book. It's a great read, and I don't know that I believe everything in there, but it's Jeff's story, mm -hmm. right? It's his. It's how he. And I'm gonna tell you, man, this, where he got honest about his divorce and and how that affected him is really really heavy and I'm it it makes me kind of question maybe some of these other wild stories maybe there may be some truth to mm -hmm. some of these accusations or whatever you want to call them he's so damn honest about his own personal thing right um he he details the bobsleds and all the other things that he got himself into uh, but anyhow, I'm, I hope that he appreciates us sharing his book. Ray Evernham also has a book coming out. Ray's going to be on the show here soon. We're going to talk about that. We should, uh, now that the book is out, I'd be curious to hear what fans have to say. This is this could almost be like the first DJD book club book. Uh, yeah, you know I what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I love reading that much. <laughs> but anyhow, if you was watching social media, following Amy or, or maybe me a little bit, I um, had a daddy-daughter dance. Um, Isla in kindergarten. We, uh, you know, being a dad's amazing. These are the moments that make it amazing. Um, 
it was a 50s themed so we had to you know we we i wore my chucks and my leather jacket most of the dads all played along and um it was really funny um there's a picture right there so um we go into the school I'm like, you know, I just want to be there for Isla. I don't know what Isla wants me to do, what she thinks is going to happen. She probably doesn't care. She's going to see her friends, boom, go play with her pals. Which is that? That's what happened. We ate a ton of junk. Candy, candy and candy and marshmallows and candy and ice cream and just junk, right? We end up going into the dance room and the girl, all the kids are on the dance floor, and they're they're just dancing like crazy, and they're doing the train, you know, the Congo line, and uh, you know, the dads are all standing around in a big circle, <laughs> semicircle thing. And eventually, you know, one, you know, the kids, Isla, I thought, okay, I'm just gonna stand here on the sidelines all da- all night long and watch her, which is fine. I was in- entertained, but uh, there's no real dance part, right? They're, they're not gonna have a dance. And all of a sudden, man, she comes looking around she's like oh oh the teacher said uh teacher's on the microphone she's like isla's dad isla's dad she is looking for you i'm like standing <laughs> 10 feet away i was like hey right here isla's like i didn't see you i was like well i'm right here i'm told you i wasn't gonna move from this spot i'm never gonna move from this spot right here if you need me i will be right here <laughs> and she uh she's uh she said come out come on to the dance floor and dance so i went out there and danced and we're dancing mid-song sees a friend so i back on off the dance floor and uh that was like how the night happened repeatedly like over and over in increments yes were you the only dad that was paged yes (laughs) i was um but i'll I'll be honest i wasn't even the slightest bit embarrassed because when i was in the first 10 minutes i was there i was thinking I'm absolutely useless. She doesn't even need me here. I don't need, you know, I'm serving no purpose. And then immediately it was like, wrong. She does need you. You do serve, you know, you, you, she does want you to be here. She does want you to be a part of what's happening. And so it was like, you know, she would go play with her friends and run around. And then she'd come back to me and, and grab my hands and want to dance and do the <laughs> twist and all that fun stuff. And then she'd be b- bouncing off with her friends again. So that was great. It went really good. Uh, we got out of there a few minutes early so we could get back to the house. Um, so daddy-daughter dance, big success. Last week we talked about, I want to talk about the app limits. Okay. All right. You got an update. put the challenge out there. So um, I put a 30-minute limit on two apps that I use all the time, Twitter and Instagram. It's been go- going good. 30 minutes is very short. Like, it's not a lot of time. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Apps are locked down after, mm-hmm. you know, before lunch, right? We're locked down. Yep. I'm really shocked if I get on there in the afternoon. I still got a little time left. And another thing, too, sometimes I accidentally lay my phone down and leave it open on the app and oh, it, like, it locks it out. <laughs> Rookie <laughs> move, man. Down. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on Sunday, uh, we, we, for, we, we forego – the app limits mm-hmm. just every sunday just, that's going to be nope, your rule or nope, you just, just failed? this i'm just taking this one day at a time okay so it was super bowl sunday and i was like now nah, we're gonna stay uh we're gonna we're gonna forget about you gotta be careful with today. that mindset i know um we're learning so uh yeah sunday went all to hell <laughs> um but we had some fun we had some fun tweets sunday um first off i want to ask you guys did y'all try app limits I did. You did. And All right. So Your I was experience. I was at uh, the waste management 
Phoenix Open over the weekend, mm-hmm. and I tried to make a point. I actually physically turned my phone off. Is that an expo for waste management? No, Sorry. it's it's a golf tournament. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, but it's sponsored by the you know the garbage company. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I turned I turned my phone off. And it, I noticed like halfway through the day, I wasn't even reaching for it. Like there was no urge to actually yes. want to use it. Because you knew you were locked out. Because I knew like I would have to power my phone on and then I would fail at the task at mm. hand. Yeah. So that, that, but like if it was on, I know I would check it. So I had to physically power it off, but it was actually very nice. It was living okay. in the moment. All right. Yeah. I do want to talk about. Um, the skating rink. So this was this blew my mind. Um, Skateland USA in Kannapolis, North Carolina. When I lived with my mother, when she was divorced from dad, I was five and six years old. I remember her taking us to the Skateland USA, and I remember skating a lot. And um, I'd never been back to the skating rink since. Any skating rink. In <laughs> uh, so 44 years later, somebody we know, their child is having a birthday party, and we, our kids were invited, so we're going to take them. I didn't know Skateland still existed. I didn't know the building and the business was still there operating. We drive into the parking lot, and I'm like, I've got an, an idea and an imagination of what it looked like or where it might have been, and I was a little bit off, but it's, you know, it's a couple blocks away from where I thought it was. But we pull up, and literally this building hadn't changed i took some photos put it on my social media story the signs the same the buildings the same it 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 looks it's 50 years old yeah it looks it okay but there's a line outside to get in you go up there and and man you walk into the place and it ain't it's it's the same place that i hadn't i'm 44 years yeah it's like go back in time four years there's orange shag carpet on the walls (laughs) Original, that's so awesome original yeah this reminds me of like the places that are still around in the race program yeah. like this is one of those the places. coin games the arcade mm-hmm. little arcade in the corner the coin games all original ski ball and all that stuff <laughs> um the tables the right. brick wall that separates the 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 seating area from the from the re- skating rink all that still original the the rink it's some i think the floor itself majority of it's probably original but i both of my girls it was so much fun both of my girls skated and they had these little <clears throat> walker type things to to go skate with so i'm out there with them took them both around many laps um so much fun uh and just blew my mind that last time i was there i was five maybe six. I'm there now 44 years later for the first time with my five-year-old girl <laughs> skating on that skating rink. And the place is just identical. It was very, uh, nostal- you know, I'm super nostalgic, mm-hmm. right? That was triggering me. <laughs> and lar- largely 80% like great happy thoughts, but also some some sadness, right? Some mm-hmm. like, you know, mom's gone. Right. Uh, all the, you know, just, just times are all, different. Yeah, yeah. Times are different. Things right. are different, but here's this place that's lost it. You know, stood, it's standing there locked in time. Right. Uh, it felt like I had por- ported back into, you know, ni- 1979. <laughs> um, but it was crazy. Do you still got the skills? You skate? I'm as good. Uh, it took me about five minutes and I was as good 
the other day as I was when I was five. Right. Which I, which is about like not good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, nah, it was it was it good. Is. I got it figured Take out. Take any spells? No. All right. No hey, you that's and Usher good. both uh, roller skated on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's one of the things, man. <laughs> so I'm having this sort of weird, you know, experience going back to the skating rink, and then watching the Super Bowl halftime. They're all skating like hell. I'm like, is the universe trying to tell me something? Like, do I need to open a skating ring? <laughs> skating do is I need so to, back. Hell do yeah. I need, do I need to partner with Skateland in Kannapolis and refurbish this place a little bit? Or what's going on? Hell like, what yeah. Is this, what's the universe trying to tell me? I was sitting in there, man. I'm going to tell you. I was su- I was surprised at the amount of people skating. It's still. It's the only one in the area. Uh, I mean, there's another one up in like Hickory, yeah. but that's about it. Yeah. All, all like you know, five to five to twenty was the was the majority of the the age, age range. group, right? But yeah, I was you know, and it was it's open from like two to five. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, so it's like it's a little blip of you know, everybody got to get in there and skate, man. It's only open for three hours. It's a good time. I enjoy yeah. it. I I did like free skate over the wi- like winter holidays yeah. for the first time in years, and like, oh man, this is fun. That's free right. You, you used to play hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I used to play hockey. Okay. He's skilled. Well, um, man, I enjoyed it. They play great music. You just get out there and cruise around with your friends. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna make a comeback. I get this. Weird I'm here feeling. for I get it. This weird feeling. Yeah. I know. You know, I used to think skating was kind of weird. Yeah. It was fun when I was a kid, and then I thought it was kind of strange. Mm. And not cool, and now it's gonna be cool again. I think. We're I was a back. I was a blader skate, though. Skate roller skating is batter, man. Yeah, it's batter. <laughs> <It's bad. laughs> that, that was Andrew's word before the show. All them kids. Yeah. Look at it's that. Not it's, it's, it's not quite cake. It's not quite cake yet. It's not cooked yet. It's batter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's making a comeback. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. They are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Yeah, so O'Reilly Auto Parts actually came in clutch for me. Um, I was needing a master cylinder. Uh, The brakes went out on this golf cart that I have. It's an old golf cart. The master cylinder is actually from a car. Uh, So it's actually, you know, I was like, okay, I'll probably be able to find this on O'ReillyAuto.com. And sure enough, uh, this, you know, 20-year-old master cylinder, this rare thing that I needed, I didn't think I was ever going to find, they had it. And now I'm back in business. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto. Do it yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. We talked about the icebreaker. I went this past weekend and raced my late model. Last couple of times that I've been uh, behind the wheel of my late model car, it's not been great results you know i've been frustrated a little bit but uh i went to florence where i love to race in south carolina and tested we worked hard to try to find some speed i wasn't sure if we had but we were going to go back and race the icebreaker which we've done the last two years and so uh we qualified 13th i think which i was happy with there were 32 cars i I think a top 15 qualifying effort is kind of what you're looking for of course you want to be you know, as far forward as you can, but inside the top 15 is, is, a going to give you a great opportunity at, at winning the race. Um, we started the race off and just started, you know, just kind of moved forward, uh, one car at a time. 
every 10 or 15 laps we'd pass somebody i wasn't sure if i was using my car up and my tires you got to you know it's very abrasive racetrack you got to take care of your tires and i was worried that maybe i was trying too hard was everybody that i was passing taking better care of their tires were they smarter than me uh time would tell we got down toward the end of the race i'm sitting there running fourth with 20 laps to go running down the leaders thinking i got a great shot to finish third maybe second and uh, I was probably going to use up every bit of the good I had left on my tires getting around one or two cars in front of me. Doubt I'd had enough to catch the leader and, and win the race. But, man, I'm sitting there with 20 to go thinking, nope, I haven't used up too much of my stuff. Nope, those guys aren't saving because they're not coming. They would be, you know, with 20 to go, everybody would be trying to move forward if they had anything. So everything has worked out well. Caution comes out. Uh, my car didn't fire off really strong. Took me about 10 laps to get going. Um, so ended up settling, uh, for a fourth place and, um, <clears throat> had a blast. I was so thrilled. Carson Quapple, our driver, uh, in the, in our late model junior motorsports wins the race. Johnny Morris is there, our sponsor for Bass Pro, right? On our late models, we got Bass Pro Shops and Sundrop. Well, Johnny flies from Missouri to be there. Did you know this was happening? Yes. Okay. But I thought, you know, when I heard Johnny was coming, I'm like, man, all the way to Florence. And our little tiny Florence racer mm -hmm. at racetrack, you know, that's just, you know, trying to do all it can do. Um, I thought for sure something was going to come up, right? A scheduling conflict. We can't make it. We're running late. We're just going to go on to Florida because he's on his way to Florida. And so he shows up, comes walking in. And man, I give it, I, I I give him the whole story of Florence and why we were there in like 15 minutes. I was like, "This is grassroots racing, the sport, all the truck Xfinity and Cup level. They're standing on the shoulders of places like this, right? This is what uh, the sport's all about. And we want to be here because we love being here. And look around, right? What's better than this? And all those people are his customers." Right. So he's like, he gets it. I did not anticipate him staying the entire race. They got there. They had about two hours to kill. People were coming up to him, wanting pictures and autographs and just talking. And he talked to everybody and anybody. And then he'd bring them over and introduce them to me. <laughs> meet this uh, meet this guy. He's from such and such. Meet this gal. She's from here and there. They traveled from Sarah, such and such to be here. He loved it. We, um, we win the race, and I run fourth. I come get out of the car. He comes walking up. This is, cra this is crazy. I can't believe this, he says, right? And I'm like, man, I can't believe you're still here. Johnny, <laughs> your car won. Let's take you to Victory Lane. We go over to Victory Lane. They hand us the trophy. I walked over to Carson. I said, Carson, I'm giving this trophy to Johnny, all right? Carson didn't have no problem with it. Every time they win a race, which Carson wins quite a few, it ends, the trophies end up on the shelf over to shop. I'll go over there, and there's the trophy. I'm like, nobody takes this home. Carson, you don't take this home and put it somewhere in your house? He's like, no. I'm like, I'm going to give this trophy to Johnny. And I hand it to Johnny. I said, Johnny, here, you can have this trophy. He was pumped. They had a checkered flag and a big giant check with Carson's name on it. Johnny had two other guys with him. I gave one the checkered flag and one the giant check. So everybody got to go home with something. <laughs> um, they went on to Florida and watched Wyatt race his, his dirt car. We, uh, we drank a few beers uh, and hung out at the track while everybody left. And then eventually got in the dually and drove home. We stopped at a gas station, had a had a uh, sandwich shop on the, on, on the side and got us a bite to eat on the way home. It was just like old times, mm -hmm. you know, eating dinner at 930 at night. 
not after speeding a day through at McBee. the racetrack. No. <laughs> we talked all the way home, just talking and having fun. Were you nervous before the race? I always get nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't run as good as I expect in in our late model car last couple of trips. Okay, but not competing for top fives and wins. So that was good. I mean, we still got a ways to go to catch Carson. Those guys, they qualified better. I think if I could have qualified as well as they did in the top five, I'd have, I wouldn't have had to work so hard to get up to that point. But um, we made some progress, man. So I was pumped about that. When Johnny, when you found out Johnny was coming, did that add any extra pressure to you and or Carson? Yes. Um, if we struggled, which me and Carson, I think last year both of us struggled bad in the icebreaker, finishing outside of top 15, yeah. both cars. So if that happened, I'd, I'd been disappointed. But anyways, it was a great day. Johnny went on down and watched uh, Wyatt race, and Johnny said that was an awesome, awesome day with him and his buddies. I'm going to race, um, I guess I'll just say it, man. Um, so the All-Star Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Wilkesboro. Yeah, the All-Star Week with North Wilkesboro, there is a Cars Tour race that I've ran the last two years. Unfortunately, this year I have a scheduling conflict, so it takes precedent over the late model race. I cannot run it. Um, our Sundrop car plans to compete, but with a to-be-determined mm-hmm. driver. When I get back from New York City, I will be my bus will be at the racetrack. So I'm going. I'm going to go to Wilkesboro. I'm going to enjoy the concerts and all the things that we did last year. Hopefully, um, drink a beer with Dylan Wilson and his family over by over at their garage. All the things that we just had a blast with last year. I hope we do it again. And watching a great race on a newly paid racetrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I, I, that would have been my probably my next race, but I'm not going to get to do that. So right now. Unless I do something spur of the moment, the next late model race I run will be the Cars Tour race at Florence on Darlington weekend, the second Darlington week, probably in August or so. And, um, but I could have an opportunity pop up at the last minute, and we'll keep you posted if that happens um, in the spring. And I have heard, and I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to let the details out but i do know that everything has been decided on where i'm going to run my one xfinity race this Ooh. year hopefully that news will be coming out shortly um, but i'm very happy about it also this weekend daytona 500 i'm going to daytona i know the weather doesn't look all that great guys but if we um if the weather looks like we might race saturday i'm flying up saturday morning i'm going to go on marty and mcgee around 9 a.m., 9.30. Uh, and so, you know, that literally just happened with a conversation last week. You made that week. plan. Yeah, yeah. We yeah that, with Marty. Isn't that fun? Happened on the show. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, in this day and age where you got to check with this person or sign this agreement or uh, get my people will get with your people, it's fun when you can just say, hey, how about I come over mm-hmm. and let's do the thing. Um, I love doing business that way. So, yeah, Marty McGee, Saturday morning from 9, 9.30 to 10.00. They'll be at Daytona from doing their show, I think, from 7 to 10 or 8 to 10. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully we get to see Junior Motorsports get the win. Then I'm coming home to watch the Daytona 500 from my couch. One of the great things about this particular year is that it's the 10th and the 20th anniversary of my two Daytona 500 wins mm-hmm. from 2014 and 2004. Ben, 
doing a few articles, did one with Jordan Bianchi, but doing a few things uh, with the media around those races, reliving them, talking about them. Just maybe a year ago or so, I uploaded the all the in-car. I had an in-car video from that race that I uploaded. I'm sure it's, I'm not the only one that's uploaded that in-car footage from that race onto YouTube. Um, but the reason why I did that is because that showcases uh, my favorite memory from that 2004 race. Um, in the in-car from that race, they have some very basic telemetry, throttle, and, and um, you get to kind of see, and it's a percentage. It's a bar of throttle graph, but it's also got a percentage to it. But you get to see, like, um, as we're driving around the old Daytona that's worn out, slick, uh, you can see us using the gas. And now we're lifting and coming off the throttle because of the car is sliding, right, and sliding the back or the nose. But I'm also trying to time runs. And so and I t this is a lesson that I share with any driver that I talk to about restrictor plate racing. And I believe that it still applies today with the current car. If you're driving around the Daytona International Speedway, the most vulnerable moment uh, for the car is exiting the turn, right? You flew down the straightaway, holding the wheel straight, and the car's building up speed, and then you go into the corner and you turn the wheel. Turning the wheel is going to scrub speed off, and loading the car into the banking also sort of knocks speed out of the car. And as it goes around this corner, it's continuing to bring the speed down just ever so slightly. And Coming up off the corner, that's when the car is literally scrubbing the most speed or has scrubbed the most speed and is and you're starting just before it's just before you're about to unwind the wheel for the straightaway. So that's where the car is the most vulnerable to a pass, to side drafting. And so I wanted to time my run so that I caught Tony Stewart, who's leading the race, on the corner exit. And I really didn't know. As, as good as I think I am at plate racing, I really didn't know when to start that run. When, all right, I need to back up to get the run, but where where do how far do I back up and when do I start charging back toward him so that when we exit a corner, I'm right on him. <laughs> and so I kept doing this, and you can watch the throttle from the in-car of me trying to time it. And I try and try and try and fail and fail. I'm running up on him at the wrong place. I'm catching him at the end of the straightaway. I'm catching him in the trioval. I'm catching him in the wrong places. Or I created no run at all, right? And so eventually, one works. I'm starting to lose a little bit of confidence, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep trying. 20 laps to go. What else I got to do, right? It's me, Tony Stewart, and Kurt Busch. Now, Kurt's not helping me. We've talked about this a million times, but Kurt's mad because – I bumped into him in the middle part of the race and flattened his left rear tire. He lost a lap, and he's a lap down and stayed a lap down the entire day. And he comes on the radio, or Tony Jr. tells me on the radio, the 97 is not going to help you. All right, so you're going to have to figure this out on your own. And um, But finally, I timed it where I run up on Tony exiting turn four. So I'm going five or ten mile an hour faster as I approach his car, and he's he's bogged down off turn four and the camera switches from one view to the next right as we have this sort of do duel this dodge mm. like I, I i went left and he blocked and then i went right well the camera doesn't really catch all of that 
And the next time you see us, I'm two is outside. And we're coming into the tribal. Or I'm two is inside, I'm sorry. And so you don't really see this sort of, you know, dodginess that we had happening. But I had I had the run and I couldn't lift and I I'm I've timed it perfect and I've got to get to his side left or right. I get to the inside and now um we do a little side drafting, but either way, I'm kind of I don't I don't clear him. I don't have enough momentum to go by him, but I've gotten beside him. And so now I got to start a new plan, right? Okay, we've we've achieved the goal of getting here and up beside Tony, um, because man, it was impossible to drive drive by him or up beside him without creating that run. You couldn't do it. The cars were too equal. He could have just sit there about two car lengths in front of me the entire rest of the race and not not had any problem holding me off but finally i'm beside him and i'm like okay now what now what do we don't what now what do we need to do to to, to finish this pass i'm not going to get help from the 97 and he's actually going behind tony and i'm getting worried because if he gets really close he'll push tony right back by me and then maybe he even gets beside me and now i'm stuck beside him he might wedge himself between me and tony and the race is over but anyhow we're going around uh we're going down the front straightaway into turn one, and Tony's up the racetrack, and I'm around the bottom, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to drop back to his quarter panel to start a side draft. And as soon as I get back to his quarter panel, I'm going to go up there and side draft him and try to slingshot past him. That's all I could do. Luckily, when we come up, when we come off of turn two, Tony has me cleared he's got me cleared by about two inches if he pulled down in front of me we wouldn't have hit he would have he would have been shoved back out in the lead and and probably won the race but i got right to his quarter panel and again i'm only i'm i'm two quarter two inches probably two inches behind him but i'm still offset to the left trying to sniff a side draft and i don't know if it's going to work because i'm i'm not close enough forward right to actually be anywhere beside his car but it was a tiny tiny hint of side draft happening and it starts pulling me up by him and i'm getting close i'm getting further further up beside him and i and so the side draft work the air coming the air coming off of tony's car is like the wake of a boat he's he's cutting the air with the nose of his car and it comes off it's shaped like a v right it doesn't wrap around and go down the sides tight against his car it's the wake of a boat but it's at the front of tony's car not at the back okay so there's this big v and so inside that v kind of tucked up beside tony's left side door is a pocket where the air is less dense and that's how the side draft works i'm driving my car up into this gap where there's really no resistance no air and so I'm the closer I get to Tony, and you'll see this today. How they get really, really tight. You, the tighter you can get to that car, the more pronounced, the more profound the side draft will be. And we actually bump, and we have a little, little touch. It knocked a little bit of speed at his car, which which is helpful. Um, it might have settled him down a half a mile an hour or something like that. But it allowed my the side draft was just perfect. And I sprung away from him because you got to kind of jump that wake like you like a, if you were going to ski behind a boat, you got to jump the wake so that I can get away from Tony and his side draft, right? Because if I 
If I just stayed beside him and went forward, he would then begin side-drafting me, and he goes right back by, and we just could sit there and do that over and over. But I get away from him. Once I know that I think I got all the momentum I can create with the side draft, I get away, and I'll never know why, but he could have chased me down the track and tried to side draft my quarter panel, but he didn't. I don't know why. He just said, he just watched me go by. And I clear off into three, and I'm like, wow. I'm in, you know, I'm in the lead. I'm like blown away. And so um, lo- I love watching that sequence of probably 20 to 40 laps there where I'm messing with the throttle and trying to figure out how to make a run out of nothing, right, without another car helping me or anything. And I didn't think it was even possible for my car to do that. But me and Tony had the two strongest cars. Mine was a little bit better. And as soon as I got the lead, I knew that um, he was never going to have a shot You could hold put it. a run on us. Yeah. Um, four or five laps to go, I'm listening to our car and all these little sounds and things and freaking out, thinking <laughs> their yellow's going to come out. Somebody's going to wreck. Somebody's going to get impatient and stupid, you know, trying to go for a spot late in the race, and we're going to have a yellow and have to have to race it out. But it didn't didn't work that way. We ended up crossing the finish line, winning the race. I um, stopped on the front straightaway. The reason why is because if you go straight to victory lane, um, you know, you could do some donuts like Dad did, all that stuff. But if you go to Victor Lane, man, they they kind of have, have you in their control. Victor Lane is a process. It's a script. The hat dance, take this mm-hmm. picture, get out, do the interview, all those things, right? You don't you don't get out of the car and just do what you want to do, right? I mean, you can, but they're going to grab you by the collar and say, come over here and do this interview, <laughs> all right? It's live television. I pulled on the front straightaway because I'm like, I need I need to do my thing for a minute. <laughs> I need I got all this elation, right. yeah, and it's like a cork, yeah, and a, a, you know it's like champagne bottle about to explode, and I got to relieve this elation. And so um, that was great. I love. I was looking at the pictures of that yesterday. Um, and so just coming out of the car and all the guys running out there, Jay Ganeri and all the team from the Bud Days. Um, and then, you know, you have, you finally get, you know, have to have that moment to yourself and then you go to victory lane, mm-hmm. right? And then you do that and you do it all. And victory lane still a celebration. I mean, it is fun. Of course it is, but uh, it's nice to do this little thing with your team on your own. That's not on the script. Yeah. Um, 2014, uh, we've told that story a mil- million times, but the big rain delay. Mm-hmm. I, that was my first yeah. day on the job was that race and i remember that rain delay was like what eight hours or something like that six i think but the weird thing is is that every time you get in a race car you have a different attitude a different mentality i rarely got in the car feeling exactly the same as last week um your motivation your expectations it's it's a moving target Mm -hmm. it's very dynamic all over the place i got in the car for the start of that race not in the not in the correct mindset to win it. It was I. I don't know what happened in that break, but if without the break, I don't think we win that race. We had the break, and something like during that break was like, um, mentally, mentally, we're gonna, I'm, yeah, man, I'm ready to get this thing going. Let's get out there and let's get it going. And so I, if you look at the race and watch it. I raced both of those two parts differently. 
Yeah. And in the first half of the race, I couldn't figure out how to move forward. And I was getting very frustrated and very, and I was losing like confidence in me or the car and us together, me and the car. It was not good. But then we had this long break and you, you just kind of, it's long enough that you forget about all of the things that have knocked your confidence down. You forget about the struggle that the car was having or you were having with the car. And it's a new race. It's a new, it's a new moment. And the track's changed. It's been cleaned off. It's night now. Mm-hmm. It's late. And now all the other drivers' mentality is different. I always felt like when we ran night races or had delays or anything, it was an advantage for me men- mentally. Because I knew how easy it was to check out. At a racetrack. Yeah. I'm, especially the races that get push, pushed to Monday. Yeah. Dude. If you go down on the grid for the pre-race and the driver's announcements and stuff on a typical Sunday and then compare that to a rain-out Monday race, it's completely different. the energy is not the same. Yeah. And it's the drivers. And you can tell some of them are like, I'm ready to go home. Right. Hell with this. And you can see that some of them just aren't there to kick ass. <laughs> you know, and I always thought, here's my advantage. I'm going to try to stay in kick-ass mode. And, man, maybe I, that's going to give me even a better opportunity, right, today. Right. Whether that was real or not, I don't know. But, you know, I think when we had that break, a lot of people checked out. And, you know, I thought, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay plugged in. The, the key moment of that race for me, there's a little segment with like 40 to 60 laps to go where Greg Biffle and me are racing side by side, and we had a hell of a battle for the lead. And I might have lost it. And ended up having to try to get it back, but I had to squeeze him against the wall. And um, going through the, I, I, you know, when I think about the 2014 race, I'd go right to that moment. Wasn't that around the time where you guys weren't sure if rain was going to cut this thing short? I too, don't, I don't remember that. You don't remember no. racing for the rain? I don't. But I remember, I remember driving like a complete jerk, and selfishly, right? Not like hitting and bumping and cutting and blocking. Not, not that way. I'm saying like, you know what? Typically, if you if you got five guys on the outside of me and y'all are organized, I'm not going to argue and and side draft you, and I'm not you know you're going by okay, and I'll I'll get back to fifth or I'll try to stay in third or fourth, and then a few laps later maybe get my run and try to get back to the lead. I didn't do it that way in in the second half of that 2014 Daytona 500. Man, when when uh when the 16 uh, Biffle got to my outside trying to take the lead from me, I squeezed him up against the wall. And it really knocked the – it really – so I could hold him in position. Even with Jimmy or somebody behind him mm-hmm. or somebody trying to push him by, I could – you know, if I squeezed him up against the wall, something about the air, our cars fighting for the same cow air, I don't know what it was. But I just knew if I gave him a, a car length or half a car length, he could get pushed right through. But if I squeezed him and and he had like a couple inches between him and the wall and there another couple inches between me and him – it held him in position. It would stop his car. And even the guy pushing him was nervous to push him because he's like, well, shit, they could hit, they could crash, I could hit, he could hit, he could hit me in the right rear quarter panel, right? So the, that kind of bottles him up and, and knocks him off his game. And they eventually get pushed back by me, but it was allowing me to like kind of at least maintain some track position and not get shuffled back too far. And then I was able to get right back by. But um, I just remember like racing – very selfishly and that's you know it's not my character i don't think i wouldn't categorize myself as somebody who's 
constantly selfish. But in those moments, to win the Daytona 500 or win at Talladega, the more selfish you can be, the better. Yeah. Yes. So we got two lessons in today's in today's <laughs> class, right? <laughs> All right? Being super Taking selfish. Notes. Yeah. You being super selfish is is one and then the you know trying to time the runs so that you catch them in the most vulnerable position is another one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Coming off of that 2014 Daytona 500 win, we ended up joining Twitter. Mm-hmm. I told everybody if I win the Daytona 500, I didn't want to join Twitter. Didn't want to. And I knew the odds of me winning the Daytona 500, they weren't, they weren't very high. Nobody had great odds. It's a <laughs> tough race to win. So I said, you know what? If I win the Daytona 500, I will join Twitter. Didn't didn't think I was going to have to follow through. There's that picture. Yeah. And so that's probably my f- most liked and retweeted tweet uh, from 2014. And then, um, so we send that tweet out, and then we get in a plane and we fly out to the West Coast to do all this media. And so on the way to the West Coast, I got a crash course uh, from Laura, our PR girl uh, at the time, on all of the ins and outs of Twitter, uh, the, you know the what what things were. It's got a, you know there's a there's a there's a language, right? Everything there's these you know descriptions of yep. how things function, <laughs> and so um, yeah, that was interesting. We did a Q, we did a we did a you know we did a Q and A on on the plane on the way out there, which was a lot of fun, and it really opened up a um, it opened up a whole new world. And Can so, of worms. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So we were going to revisit some past tweets. I have some past tweets for you. Let's get after it. And we'll, we'll pull them up on the screen here. So, yep. Dalton, if you're ready to so, uh, cue them up. Obviously, the infamous first one, right? But right. The, the next one is a personal favorite of mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Gus is fertilizing the lawn at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and it's a picture of him in the infield at Charlotte Motor Speedway. This is right next to the start-finish line, and Gus is taking a dump. <laughs> and so, the 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 contrast of of Gus pooping and where Gus is at, I thought was really profound. Right? That's now, a great picture. You no, know, otherwise, uh, tweeting a fit picture of your dog taking a shit would be really bad. Yeah, yeah right. That's strange. So strange. Yeah. But I thought, you know, where you? It may be. I think it's borderline strange today. Maybe ten years from now, even stranger. <laughs> it's one of those tweets that maybe you're like, you know, we don't pull it up 10 years from now, right? Look <laughs> at like what we're doing. At the 20th anniversary, <laughs> this one we skip over. But it was just a con- the contrast of where we were and what was happening. Um, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't know if we were out at the racetrack for a specific function or what. It doesn't look like it's post-race or anything like that. I thought it might have been after the truck race that, um, do you remember when it was? No, I was going to say, was don't take a picture of your dog taking a dump. Was that not in the original crash course on the plane? Yeah. No. Fir- yeah. No, so, no. I mean, that's just it's not your fault. No, but that's just common sense. 
That's character flaw. Yeah. If you're posting those type of pictures on the regular. <laughs> but <laughs> I like to take pictures, and, and I don't know. That was an interesting. You would say you like taking that picture? Yeah. I did because, so I know Marcus Smith, right, that owns the racetrack. And this is obviously grass, not the, not the uh, turf that we have there now. And so I was trying to also at the same time give, you know, needle him a little bit because he's, you know, Gus is pooping on his grass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're not, you know. Need to fix that. You don't want your you don't want the neighbor's dog pooping on your lawn. No. 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 So Turf that, is better. Yeah. To, but I'm just saying that on. was that was kind of fun to give him a hard time. Yeah. Hey Marcus, check <laughs> us out. Oh man. Let's All right. Get we got one the there. next one. Next Let's one. see what do we got. I don't know how more I I don't know how much more I can expound on the the Gus pooping. So this tweet. guy <laughs> tweets, Dale Jr., would you trade a toe for a championship? And you said, uh, no, I would not trade a toe for a championship, Gus. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was um, this is twenty fourteen, so this yes. is pretty early in your Twitter run. Yeah. So You wouldn't, man? <laughs> no. Still Are not? Are you freaking kidding me? No, a toe? No shot. Yeah, come on. No, no I shot. I would trade a toe for you a championship. Would not. Absolutely. No, you wouldn't. You're yeah. a, no, you you're, wouldn't. You're a, yes. you're a you're runner, so a triathlete. You don't need the pinky toe. Like, get rid of the least important appendage. If it means a championship, <laughs> dude. You don't know how important that thing is till you don't have it. I don't know. I feel like that pinky toe just gets, like, crumpled as it is. Just in your shoe. No? I don't know. I feel like we're talking about feet too much. Yes. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I draw, totally would. I got to draw the line at body parts, man. I'm not, I'm not, la I'm right. not going to give up uh, you know, right. a kidney or, no. or a toe. He's not asking for a kidney, though. I'm just saying other examples of, of parts of me that I'm just not. I'm not so you wouldn't no. give up anything? No. Look. All right, I've lived without a championship for a while. It's not that bad. <laughs> Never lived without a toe. not that bad. <laughs> I don't need to give a toe up. If I did give a toe up right now and then magically have a championship, yeah. nothing has changed except I do have a weird foot. <laughs> Only four toes on one foot. Now, no one, no one would know that. Now I'm some kind of weird oddity. Yeah. Yeah, freak. I'm yeah. a freak over here. With a championship. With a championship. <laughs> no thanks. Hey, that guy, that Jimmy Johnson guy at the hot tub, he could give you a little less trouble about the championships and maybe more trouble about the feet. Is Jimmy going around with, with only three toes? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's something we need to investigate. See if he's only got three toes down there. Anybody seen, show? <laughs> yeah. Anybody seen Jimmy in flip-flops? <laughs> Never. Man, there's a reason for that. <laughs> I'm going to see him in Daytona, so I will yes. ask. I will ask right. how many toes he has. That sounds like... Some deal with the devil, man. Yeah. I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, 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 no. I can't do that either. <laughs> okay. We'll get on the next All one. All right. Next one. Yes. This is such bullshit. 4.0 <laughs> Uber All right, rating. Have you improved it? it? Oh, yeah. Let's take a look at my Uber rating now. Did it's probably still kind of low. No, I did not. I joined Uber right as they were changed. So I, for the longest time, you weren't allowed to tip. Mm-hmm. Right, I remember that. Yeah, originally you weren't allowed to tip. Um, I'm a four point eight. Oh dang, yep. way so up. Point eight. Yeah, improvement. Yes. So right when I joined, everybody's like, "Yeah, you're not allowed to tip," because I'm like, "Hey, I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. What's the etiquette?" Well, literally that freaking week, <laughs> the tipping begins. You Brutal. can now tip, and I'm not tipping, so I'm getting <laughs> bad ratings. <laughs> I get out of the car. I'm like, hey, man, see you. Thanks. <laughs> and he drives around and no tip happens. You know, I guess they I guess they drive around and they're kind of like, hmm, 
waiting such on and such, that tip. Yeah, such such driver hadn't tipped me yet. I wonder what's all what that's all about. I'm, well, all right, f him, and I'm gonna give him a bad rating. And so yeah, and I thought four was good, man. Four out of five. Hey, <laughs> that's pretty good for a hotel, right? Yeah, four out of five stars. I'd stay there. To be four star, eighty percent. Okay. We look at the world differently, Andrew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. We're a little too far removed from school over here. I mean, I'm, yeah, I was a C student though. <laughs> oh, so you, you're you're batting above your average yeah, there. I know, right? If I was getting in the high seventies, I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, back when I was in school, a seventy was a you know sixty nine was failing. Yep. So seventy yep. was sort of the. Now it's lower, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like, more room. Yeah, it's good. weird, huh? Yeah. Like, man, I don't get that. I mean, making a seventy would was not that yeah. hard. Why'd they have to drop that? I don't know. That's weird. Felt bad okay. to people. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyways, yeah. So I've been trying to build that back up, trying to do some good, good tipping, things like that. Mm. And and man, when you know, cons- I got to consider who's with me. I'm always happy to be the one to call the Uber mm. to just get that rating yep. up. To get you, yeah, it gives me that opportunity. There good. you go. There you yeah. go. So we're doing good. All right. What so do we what got? was that? Seven. 2017. So dang. And how many years? Almost 10 years to get it to a 4.8. <laughs> My gosh. All right. Let's. Well, what do we got the next one here? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, Jesus, man. Making my favorite sandwich. I swear it's delicious, and it's the banana and mayo sandwich. Broke the internet with this one. I got so much hell over this tweet. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, when I was a little boy, we made banana and mayonnaise sandwiches, tomato and mayonnaise um, very basic stuff. That is a good sandwich. And <clears throat> we may just have to have everybody in this room try it if you hadn't tried it. Mm. I don't think I've tried it. Yeah, okay. So who has tried it? Micah has. Right, Micah's tried it. Micah, good? Good. Okay. Listen, the trick. Now, Hellman's, if you look at that picture, there's a lot of mayonnaise there. Yeah. And Hellman's <laughs> is going to advertise, hey, you know, we got we got to see the mayonnaise, right? Right. Me, I like to spread it on thin. And when I do a mayo uh, banana sandwich, it's it's about putting a little mayonnaise on both pieces of bread, but thin, right? <laughs> mm. Like butter. Right. And so, you know, that's a little bit more mayonnaise than I would probably use, but it's a good sandwich. I, I like it. I'm and out on it. Anyways. I'm a little skeptical. Listen, if you haven't tried it, you're going to eat one. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'm signed We're up for this. We're bringing this back. Yeah. Yes. Just, After how long? Y'all are going to do this to me? Uh-huh. You're eating a sandwich. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. because this tweet is both good and bad. Oh. Yeah, for me. A, mem- a good and bad memory. <laughs> oh, because all the hell you caught. Yes, mm. I caught a ton of hell. Mm. People, I had no idea that, that there would be so many food critics out there on Twitter. But a lot of people were like, this ain't it, man. What <laughs> yeah. the hell are you doing? That should have been part of the crash course. Some kind is that of joke. There are some food critics out there for yes, sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't tell me that. Yeah. Um, yeah. This tr- I call sh- I call hell mm-hmm. for this tweet. Caught hell men's. Maybe deservingly <laughs> so. God, that was so uh, stupid. Sorry. Oh, All man. right. That was good yeah. though. All we right. ended up. We ended up. Uh, we ended up having a lot of fun with it, but it was good. <laughs> Caught hell men's. Golly. I know. All right. One more. I literally. That wasn't even. Uh, that wasn't even a. Like a promotional ad tweet. You're just. I was standing. That's for the love of the game. I was standing there twiddling thumbs (laughs) at the production shoot, and they were they had this sitting out, right? Because I told they were gonna make they were gonna have me make the sandwich during the production shoot, and so I got there. I'm standing around waiting on my turn to start waiting on my time to begin work, 
And I saw that, and I went, take the picture, put it on Twitter. Whoops. That Brutal. Was, that was, that, that did was not it. go. That did they not had go. a banana and mayo sandwich waiting for you? Or that sandwich ingredients? It. Right. That was sitting there. I, I didn't put that together. Someone so else, was that someone else's someone, meal? No, I'm, at a, was you? I'm at a it photo a shoot, and it was a prop. Oh, okay, I got it. I'm Andrew. all caught up. Come on, man. I was at a photo shoot, and it was a prop, and I walk up, and I'm like, oh, I, I like this sandwich. I eat these. Take a picture, put <laughs> so it on innocent. Twitter. Yeah. And then it's like, I got run over by a truck <laughs> right after that. Uh, oh, man, brutal. All right, we got one more. One more. Uh, so this is, you tweeted, I was playing video games last night and met a random player using my name as his tag. I was also using my name as a tag. I introduced myself saying, hey, Dale Jr., it's me or you. I'm Dale Jr. <laughs> but he didn't believe no. me. No, so I play, <laughs> I love this opportunity to talk about Hell Let Loose. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I still play video games, really enjoy it. I'm waiting on the college uh, football game to come back. Everybody's been talking about, um, and if that ever will, um, I'll get back on the console. But um, iRacing is my thing. iRacing uh, is on PC. They got a console game coming out for NASCAR soon in 2025, but that's all I've ever done except one game. Mm-hmm. For the last three years, I've been playing Hell Let Loose, and it's a World War II shooter. And so you'll get into the games and there's a lot of conversation a lot of talking you can talk to people that are in your proximity and i and everybody's got their name over their head right and they're running around right trying to get in the best spots and so th- i hop in this server and there's a dale jr <laughs> and i'm like hey dale jr hey <laughs> dale jr and he's like and he i run over to him and he's like what and i'm like i'm dale jr i'm M U. you yeah. I'm Dale Jr. He's like nice impression guy. And he's yeah. like and he just turned and ran away. And I was like, <laughs> damn man, you just have no idea what what's uh how cool this could be. I know. <laughs> shame, man. It's a shame. But I love it because sometimes people are like um they're like Dollage. They don't know that they, they see the name and they're they it's all it's Dale oh, Jr. Right. together and they don't know how to pronounce it. They don't know what they don't they're not race fans right? right they're like some guy in milwaukee and he's like <laughs> uh dollage sure i don't know man hey he's trying to tell me to go over there and grab that grenade mm-hmm. launcher right and uh, <laughs> or whatever right but then there's the other people that are like hey dale jr mm-hmm. and i'll start talking to them and they'll go whoa it's really, <laughs> it really is you that's awesome and then we'll stand there <laughs> in this you know World War Two scene, <laughs> yeah. having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what a wild time! And then, like in your the the games last for like an hour and a half, and mm. so you see the same people right. often, and they're What's like, up? "Hey, there he is!" <laughs> they have got they've now gotten their buddies, yeah, oh, right. Man. And now Come they're on, all like, "You got to hey, see this! Here he is! Here he is, guys! <laughs> Come on over here!" And I'm like, "Y'all, we got to stop the enemy!" Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "No, they yeah. they talk to my buddy." Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. That's I love awesome. It. I love it. Hell let loose. I mean. It's a great game. I got, I got, I, every, I try my best to get all my friends into it. We play quite a bit, <laughs> man. That's awesome. Uh, on Steam. All right. Well, it's been a congratulations on ten years on Twitter. Yeah. Can't wait to see what it's ten years. It's been taken. fun, man. We had a, we had a lot of tweets uh, Sunday. I don't know if there were any worth uh, revisiting, but man, it was um, keep them coming. I get on there, and and some days I have a good time, and some days I just you know. I just read. I just watch. <laughs> I watch. Should we talk about the Daytona 500 and who's never won it? Yeah. Um, there's a, a there's lot a long, of big names. Yeah, there's a long list. 
Um, Kyle Busch, Truex, Larson, Elliott, Blaney, Bubba, Keselowski, Byron. LaJoy. LaJoy. That's just to name a few. Yeah. And so um, let's bring up the LaJoy clip. So apparently, I, so I said, you know, that LaJoy is going to win this year. In my 16, that bumps Busher out. But hey, Busher, don't be too upset. You've got your he, die cast yeah, here. Yeah, he's got, got his car on race the win die cast we on the table. Good. I put that on there. Because I felt bad. So maybe that's okay. <laughs> it was not on the Chris. Last week. Yeah. Maybe Chris will think that's okay. So um anyways, Corey heard about our our um prediction. Let's hear what he had to say. Well, I know Dale to be a lot of things, but but a prophet would uh that's a that's a new addition to his list. <laughs> um, but I, I like it. I feel like he he's kind of seen the progression of what ownership and what we've done as a team everybody's sitting here as you know and as everybody in nascar knows everybody's sitting here a week before the 500 thinks that it's going to be theirs the harley gerald's going on with them but mm-hmm. um i have i'm more confident i'm i'm a realist but i i do have more confidence in in the strength of it with uh the approach and preparation that i've ever had yeah i think you know <clears throat> i don't know if Corey wins the daytona 500 he certainly has a great shot at it but um, I certainly think he wins somewhere, maybe Atlanta. Um, he's had a couple close calls at Atlanta. Here's the thing that I realized during the DJD Reloaded show is if you think it's Atlanta, he only has one opportunity to do that during the regular season. Yeah. So that's that's a lot riding on one race, yeah. I think. But I think about that, too. Cor- say somebody you know, like a Stenhouse wins Daytona and Corey wins Atlanta. Now there's two guys mm-hmm. in the playoffs that weren't in there you know maybe there's two guys in the playoffs that are stealing positions from top 10 top 12 teams yeah right so you know that that's when we have the way the races are structured out of the gate gives us an opportunity to have some unique winners yeah uh and so anyways back to our list about drivers who we think that could win the daytona 500 that have not won the daytona 500 hard to believe brad kozlowski is still on this list that's my pick. My pick to win the Daytona 500 this year is Brad Keselowski. He finished third in 2014. He's got, you know, as many wins at, at Talladega, I believe, as I do. Maybe one more than I do. But um, so in my eyes, next to Denny Hamlin, he might be the next best restricted plate racer. Now, you know, he's had some he's had some down moments. Um, but so did I in my career, where there's a string of years where you just don't have the car. Um, the car and you have to work together like one thing. You know, it's funny you said that <clears throat> RFK overachieved last year with Chris Busher, but then you're picking Brad K to win your 500. Yeah. So is that just because of driver and track, or do you well, think I that said they... last I said last uh, week that I think the stats for RFK flip, hmm. where Brad has the year that Chris Busher had last year. That's right. Um, and so, you know, maybe it starts with the Daytona 500. Brad gets a win out of the gate. It allows them to be a little more aggressive with their play calls the rest of the year, producing more opportunities to win. That's what happened to me in 2014. I don't know that we win either of the Pocono races had we not already had a victory and locked hmm. ourselves into the playoffs. The The strategy calls for the Pocono wins, obviously Brad had to get out of the way for one of them because he had some debris on his grill, but the strategy calls is what put us in those positions. And so um, and they were aggressive. You know, I think it's a, it's a strong list. All these guys are great race car drivers. Byron, Bubba, Blaney, Elliott, Larson, Truex, Bush. There's some other names that aren't on our list. Um, but I just feel like Brad's do. 
an interesting stat from Dirty Mo Doe, and we were just talking about him, Corey LaJoy. Uh, his last four Daytona 500s, he has an average finish of 11.75, which is the second best average finish that's in the Corey. last four, only to Blaney. That's yeah, that's Corey LaJoy. And Blaney's got the best. Yeah. And Blaney has two runner-up finishes, uh, 2017 and 2020. Blaney's looking good. Yeah. yeah. You know, and speaking of that Dirty Mo Doe stat that I just mentioned of Corey LaJoy, uh, qualifying is coming up first, and and Steve and and the guys were talking about qualifying and some of the prop bets for Wednesday, and uh, we've got a clip here. I think I have your hammer here. Josh Berry, plus 100. Alex Bowman, minus 130. Um, I'm not hammering that. Rodney Childers just went winless with Kevin Harvick. SHR is rebuilding, rebranding, remodeling. You see them on social media. They are kind of put the swagger out there. If there was ever a time for a company to deliver their new man, Josh Berry, Sonny D, to the pole at the Daytona 500, this would be the time. How do you like it, Professor? You see where, you see where I'm going with this? You got a point there. So while the numbers would say it's a hammer, all I'm saying is, but hold on. Bowman sat on the front row in the last six races there. Yeah, I know. I predict a Ford Polk sitter. I predict at least one car on the front row from SHR. You like that? Yeah, I love it. Actually, I do. Um, I'll, I'm glad they mentioned Bowman because, yes, he's going to be on the front row. But um, I do think it's a very good chance of a big surprise, and I like that angle of the SHR car. Is this the first year in a long time that Hendrick doesn't win the pole? Or is it a front row or does a Hendrick car win? Somebody the pole? might get, somebody slips in there and steals it. All right, interesting. <laughs> is it is it straight up? Is it fair? Is it legal? Maybe not. <laughs> hey, new new cars, yeah. new Ford, new Toyota. Yeah, the only thing is, is like the new Ford nose was in it. The new Ford body was an attempt to try to help them, which tends to hurt you at Daytona and Talladega. Mm. They're trying to get a little bit more aero advantage at every other racetrack that typically does not mean right it's going to be more drag more downforce so that will slow you down at daytona and talladega but we'll have to see mm -hmm. now the um toyotas they went in the other direction mm -hmm. they went i think away from having you know they went toward being able to push better have a flatter nose so they may actually have improved their cars for talladega and daytona so maybe it's not a ford and it's toyota on the front row could be We'll just have to see. Do you think that hurts their chances at like miles and mile and a halfs? Uh, don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just have to see. Have to see. We are live, Dale, on Ash Jr. All right. Well, um, welcome everybody for uh, for joining us today. Um, we've we've had a pretty good show. I just got the alert that we are live uh on our social media handles so good job dalton sir um we've had a great show today uh for dirty air and i hope everybody will tune in and don't forget that all of our episodes are on youtube uh in full this year so um they you know, won't need to go anywhere else but to our youtube dirty mo media handles to be able to watch the full episodes of all of our shows that's new something we've wanted to bring to you told you we would and we finally made it but um we got some questions for uh 
from all y'all uh, from social media. So let's get started. Yes, this first one, it actually made me made me laugh when I read it this morning. It's from Bill. Have you ever sneezed during a race? Oh, yeah. And what's that What's that like? like um, I feel like that would be problematic with the helmet on. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that you got your eyes closed for a mere second. Right, yeah. yeah. That's really the only thing that I'm bothered by. It's not so much. I mean, so the sneezing and, and thinking about snot going everywhere, <laughs> that doesn't worry, bother you. Really? So, no, because... Listen, when we get in that car, anything's liable to happen. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you might pee on yourself. Mm. Tony Stewart pooped on himself. <laughs> is that really? A sneeze is, you know, well, big deal. Yeah. There's um, a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot worse. You're sweating. It's yeah. You're going to get dirty. So you're not so much worried about, and I've never, it's not like, you know, it's going to get all over the inside of the um, the helmet. Um that never really was a concern. It's just, you know, you got to close your eyes because, well, right, our eyes will pop out of our head if we sneeze with our eyes open. Right. That's what we we believe Something anyways, like right? Is yeah. that really? Well, why do you shut your eyes? I feel like it's just natural. Like, I don't try and keep it open when you I sneeze. I, I think our eyes will fly, <laughs> out of our fly heads. across the room. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try it. I next don't. Time. <laughs> I, I want to prove your theory right or yeah. wrong. <laughs> do it um, while you're driving so you can really test yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, you know, you that <laughs> that was that pretty whole good. Moment I believe that is uh, even just for a split second, you're you know hmm. you're focused on driving. That's a little bit of a dis- you know a little bit unnerving for a second. But was the Tony Stewart stuff public knowledge? Yeah, he, like, was a, he raced yeah. it. Watkins, he won the race yeah. at Watkins. Really? Glen. Yeah, he gets out of his car in Victor Lane, runs to the hauler, changes mm-hmm. his suit, wipes his tail, and right. comes Damn. back for his celebration. He alluded to it. All yeah, right, that's yeah. news to me. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you, I have um, never had that happen. Mm. That's, but yeah, that that's is good. one of my biggest fears is that I'm going to be – this is probably my biggest fear. No, it's not. Biggest fear is probably a strong word. <laughs> but one of my wor- biggest worries is like being somewhere when I need to use the bathroom and not being able to. Mm. Cool, I hate that. That's yep. me a lot of Tuesdays yes. here. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Halfway that, through the show. Man, Imagine, that medium right? driving a race and you're like your bubble you got the bubble guts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. it's coming. Yep. There's like nothing you can do about it. Uh, and you're like trying to focus and got a shot at winning, so gotta get all this distraction off your mind. <laughs> gotta <laughs> let it happen. I feel oh like there was a driver gosh. recently that won who after the race said they really had to pee. Yeah. But I can't well, remember I who that. it was. I was a when I was a rookie. We were at um, we won Richmond, right past Dad and and um, win our second race in our rookie year. Pull into victory lane. This is in that book that Jared Jared uh, Jay Gersh, driver number eight. Uh, pull into victory lane, and I just got out and walked past everybody. Mm. Like when I hop out, everybody goes yeah yeah, and I just like <laughs> stone face walk all the way out of victory lane past fans. They're like. And I walked over to the, there was a Goodyear gas uh, pump station building right next to Victor Lane. And I walked right in there. Somebody was standing in there and I said, where's the bathroom? And I had to go pee so bad. And um, and maybe I didn't have to do number two. I don't know. But I had to do something. And I go in there and I'm sitting there. And so you sit down, right, to use the bathroom. Right, right, right. And the first thing on your mind is they're all standing there waiting. (laughs) Yeah. 
and I'm doing this. This is going to take however long it takes. And they're waiting. And they uh, know. They know by now. Mm-hmm. There's no. Hiding, there's no hiding this. Yep. You're contemplating that while you're sitting in there. <laughs> you get up and you get out and you walk back to yeah. Victory Lane and you go like, okay. Yeah, and you walk back to Victory Lane probably yeah. in so much of a better mood. Oh, man, yeah. big relief. Yeah. Big relief. Everything fits better. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> next question. Yes, we need to hit the next question. Uh, Michael, uh, he saw you tweet that you had a Super Bowl commercial. I, I don't know. I don't think you knew that that was I didn't. a thing, the Menards. Menards so what ran. Was that? Yeah, so, was all right, I got a question about this. So Menards apparently runs a Super Bowl ad, but I don't know. I think it was – there local, was some local maybe. ads, right? So this was maybe just in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, but I told Amy about it yesterday, and she said, well, how many people saw it? And I'm thinking maybe one-fifth of the country. That's maybe. still quite a, quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. I had no clue. So that's cool. Yeah, we went to film this at Menards out we- uh, out in the Midwest somewhere. <clears throat> so we go out there. We we had we filmed Menards commercials last year, and if you've ever seen a Menards commercial, they have a vibe to them, right? Mm-hmm. And so we filmed our commercial last year, and I'm like, you know, man, I'm gonna get more integrated into the process this year. I want to have I want this to even be even better. We're gonna have this great commercial, and we go out there and we film it, and and everything went great right and we get done and all the creative came together to approve this final piece that we had created no clue that this was for a super bowl i'm just thinking man this will run during the arca races i don't know right um <laughs> and so they were like yeah we like it we we would love this and that and other. so we we decide to film more at my shop at my house so that part of us in the shop next to the car is in my shop Mm -hmm. and that was like you know kind of hustled together to 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 really you know make the commercial that we all wanted and uh yeah that was literally like two weeks ago (laughs) or a week ago i mean it's recent what a turnaround and i'm still thinking as we're shooting this i'm like man i hope this is hope hope this makes everybody happy and we make a great commercial and this will run during the arca races and then I was on social media, like I told you, during the game, and somebody says, "Hey, Dale, I saw this Menards commercial. Was that for everybody, or just the you know, is it local?" And I'm like, "It has to be local, right? Because I didn't see it. I'm watching the game. It didn't come on my TV, right, in North Carolina." But uh, no, I think we got a Bojangles commercial. Man, instead. we did. Yeah, we and did. And it was like a blurp. Yep, it was real quick. Yeah, yep. a little, bur- and it's right at the same time. Yep. So, um, anyhow, dude, I think you know. A Super Bowl commercial is as prime real estate as you can get for an advertiser. I, any time I've ever been in a, in a, uh, even a whiff of an opportunity to do a, a Super Bowl commercial, it's like it's massive, mm. massive honor. And so um, humbling to have been in a Super Very Bowl cool. commercial, even if only part of the country saw it. <laughs> and to think we were, sh- if I'd have known we were shooting that, I'd have made, I'd have been 10 times more nervous. Oh. Had we, had I known we were shooting a, Super Bowl commercial. <clears throat> so it seems like the YouTube chat has seen it, uh, and it a lot more. I think of the country saw it. People in Florida oh. said they saw it. Whoa. New York City. So my gosh, yeah, got some good coverage. Okay, mm. I underestimated all of this. Might be that's more pretty like awesome. Half. Yeah. Well, thanks for all that input, everybody that's watching. Um, man, like, we had no idea, and what a what a thing. Like, who does not know they're going to be in a super? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably not ever happened, right? 
yeah. oh damn we were the we were filming that for the super bowl you find out in the moment while it's running on on national tv you yeah. know how crazy that would have been if it came on north carolina you're just sitting there like what the hell right yeah. i would have my pants if, I, <laughs> yeah. if that played on my tv holy moly talking about uh, yeah exactly yeah. pants yes that literally might have happened yep. <laughs> this next question is from Danny, and uh, you know we love the advice questions. And Danny apparently is going on his first Valentine's Day date. Yeah, uh, it seems like according to this that they were together for like five months, is what he said. So any advice Ooh, for him? Five months. I mean, you guys would, you guys with your short relationships would probably be <laughs> um, helpful. Because um, I mean, it's been it's. I, I say that not as a dig mm-hmm. when i was y'all's age you know three months was a long relationship yeah 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 right and so um I th- you know it's a balance you, you're i think at that point you're doing the traditional things you know dozen flowers mm-hmm. box of candy nice restaurant nice restaurant yeah that's it well, you know don't don't pour it on any stronger than that right well in five months it's first valentine's day so like, right, you exactly. got to do it big yeah. no, for the first one. No, not big. No? No. You keep it low, yeah, low key? Yeah, yeah. Maybe do something sentimental? Well, every year has to get better. We, oh, oh right. so now, you got to start yeah. the bar pretty well. Yeah. Big, son. Yeah. You drop her down. You can't drop it down. I didn't think about it You like can't that. bring it back down yeah. and go, hey, man, last year was the first. <laughs> What'd you expect? <laughs> so maybe half a dozen one of the best roses lessons. One of the best lessons, all right, that my dad gave me. He gave me some lessons, right? And I'll share one with you. Not, there's not many. There's never, you know, people want to know some of the things that Dale Hart shared, uh, and, and he didn't share very much. Here's one, okay? This was really important. You can apply this to everything. First Valentine's Days, whatever. We race in 1998 and win the championship. I've never in my life had to, had to decide about who – to give a bonus to and how much mm. until that year, right? I'd never had a team around me, right? And so here we are, end of the season, and I've won the championship. My whole life is just blown up, and it's like all this amazing things are happening to me. I'm finally like having all of these. My dreams are coming true. And Dad sits down and says, okay, we're going to give bonuses away this year. You've got to take some of your salary and put it into our bonus plan. And you can decide who, how much each – person gets individually i'm like you got to give tony senior this much and tony jr this much and this person this much and he goes one thing i need to let you know is every year after this the bonuses need to increase all right so maybe dial it down a little bit <laughs> like you're getting a little a little bit excited and so you know i wanted to give them everything they deserve it they i'm only doing this and winning and a champion because of them right so just let them have it right and uh, he was like, "That's a good idea, but next year it's got to be more than that." Right. And then if you're in, on, you know, if the runway's 10, 20 years of racing in the Cup Series and all of that with these guys, you know, it's got a, it's got a ramp. Yeah. Same thing with Valentine's. Man. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 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 And so I think you start off nice and traditional, <laughs> and then you plateau, right, with some something very similar for multitude, you know, multiple years, and then when you hit that five, you go big. Then you okay. hit the ten, you might go big. You know, I got you. I I'm not saying I'm right. I just my, my my way of doing it. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. All right, babe. If you're listening, we're keeping it low key. 
this year. <laughs> uh, oh man! Uh, all right, we got time for one more question. Dalton does not have a. a not, not Dalton's not in a relationship. Everybody. Just no, so you know. he, yeah, was, he does not have yeah. a fiance or anything. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely not engaged. Yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> not anymore. That would be funny. Yeah. Yes. But meanwhile, I am looking for Valentine's Day. So anyone in the YouTube chat. Uh, <laughs> Um, we got time for one more question. Uh, this is from, let's see, who's this from? I apologize. I, I missed your name here, but, uh, wait you, a minute. The, the dating scene out on the Iron Man trail is not, <laughs> it's, uh, he's, he's got to catch yeah, it's up. It's a work in progress, man. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll see where it goes. When's your last date? Last date was December. So not bad. Yeah. How did you meet her? Through the dating app. Through dating app. You know, it's so interesting. The dating app. What is mm-hmm. it called? It's is called it Hinge. Hinge? Yeah. Wow. Um, man, there were not dating apps. Uh, truth be told, I, I hate them. Like, well, I, but it's like everyone's using them these so days. So that, the people that are single, that, that I, everyone I talk to, <clears> that's how they go on dates <clears> is these dating apps. Man. I remember like 10 years ago, it was like a, it's a crazy, cringy thing, mm-hmm. right, to take somebody out through a dating app. And now it's like the traditional, tr- totally yeah. traditional, totally normal. Yeah. And it didn't even exist at one point. Golly. Mm. It's crazy. I just, fascinating. I'm not a fan of it, but everyone's on it. So it's like, all right, well. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Got to be gotta be on it. That is wild. Yeah. So, question. So, All right. Yeah, sure. Do you at, do you on the dating app? Do you ask somebody out and they go, "Nah, nah, I'm good." No, nah, they can just not respond. Just ghost you, right? Yeah, that's, they can that's just straight up that ghost comes, you. That's yeah. where that whole yeah. whole phrase comes from. Yeah. But you can yeah, you can ask them out and then and then they give you their number. So like all the chatting is done is, in the app. Right? And is there a, like a okay, you're not a psycho. Give me some information to prove that you're not a crazy person. Yeah, you like, hey man, this is this is what I do for a living. This is where I work. Mm-hmm. It's probably less of that than you less think. Of that. I think. Okay. I think no, it has. It actually has dates. that on your bio. Okay. Like it has what? your age, where you live. So is there any com- but so there's com- where you work. Is there, so is, they just kind of look at the bio and go, okay. Yeah. yeah, it allows you to have prompts too. So like you can respond to someone's prompt and it starts a conversation. What's a prompt. Like uh, it'll be like, what's your favorite childhood like, memory? Yeah, or like two truths and a lie about me, you know, or this is my hot conversation starter. Right. Yeah, exactly. Instead of just the awkward, hey. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, up? Like to go out. Yeah. 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 So it makes it for a little bit more. So that way you kind of like just respond to a prompt. If they don't, if they're not interested, no harm, no foul. Exactly. Everybody moves on. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Man, that's something else, man. Fascinating. (laughs) <laughs> it is okay, interesting. Sorry, next no, you're good. <laughs> um, out of all the pre-race festivities you've done in the Daytona 500, I know you've given the command, waved the flag. I think maybe a few other things. Which one has been the coolest over the years? Man, waving the flag was so much fun because I just felt like um, waving the flag. There's a technique, right, to waving yeah. the flag and getting it right. And I was the little kid that you know, had the flags when they were eight, ten years old, you know, mm-hmm. and, and had them in the house and waving the flag in the living room and going to the racetrack. And you got those kids that are in the grandstands with the whole set, right? And they're just doing the, yeah. they're just mimicking the flag flagman the whole night, right? I love that kid <laughs> when I see that kid at the racetrack. I'm like, that kid there is going to be a, a real flagman one day. 
Yeah. Or he's gonna yeah. be. He's gonna find some purpose in this industry. Mm-hmm. He's dead. He's into it. You know. And so, you know, I think just to, and there's a there's a way to do it the right way. You know, you'll see all these um, you know celebrities and other people that get invited to come do it, and you know they. You can tell some that have maybe tried to you mm-hmm. know, practice a little bit and some that have not very held this flag mm-hmm. until yeah. the moment they're getting ready to wave it for the green flag. And, you know, and then you'll see some people that are in our own industry that that you're like, you're a driver or, or a mechanic, crew chief, whatever, and you're Hall of Famer, and you, that's your wave? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you've mm-hmm. seen this done a million times, right. and then they're like, yeah, yeah that's like, oh my god right, man come right. on you can do better than that. <laughs> but uh me and my friends man we used to like you know have competitions yep. like who could do it you know who, who can wave like there's a there's a proper technique oh yeah there's a skill for sure and so i knew i wanted to nail that mm-hmm. and so i got to wave the flag for the daytona 500 and feel like that i waved it as well <laughs> as as you could have the the professionals the experts Heck yeah. 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 I remember you had some good form. Yeah. You could tell that. Very, you practiced. With it. You studied it some film. Because right after that, it started raining. Like, literally. And I <laughs> stayed. It? Yeah. What year was that? Uh, I don't remember. 20? 2020? All right. Like that. Yeah. 2019? 2016? I can't remember. No, it wasn't 2016. It was racing. <laughs> so, <laughs> 20, 2018, car. maybe. My first year out? No. I did the command. So, 2019. Okay. That I, makes sense. Who, who the hell cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it rained, and the race, like, literally with green flag, two 20, laps. 2020. Two laps, rain. And then uh, I'm, like, standing there, still in the flag stand, and I'm like, uh, do I give the green flag again? Do, like, for this, you know, oh, lap so for five the restart? restart <laughs> you know, and it's like, they're like, nah, <laughs> you do not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll stand up here yeah, and flag. Exactly. You know, I'll flag the yeah. remainder of the race. <laughs> Be the guy that's like telling yeah. people when you got one to go yeah, to, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, um, <laughs> that brings me back to what happened this past year at Pocono. We, we were up in the flag stand with a fan during the broadcast. So mm. that oh, was, that's right. That was a yeah. blast. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, I mean, that flag stand, not maybe not at every race, but pretty much almost all races. If you ever get a chance to just even be in the flag stand, when the green flag is thrown, uh, take it. Mm. It is awesome. Mm. Yeah. I've been Wind in. off the cars and just the sound and then stay there, wait for them to return for that first lap at full speed. That is what's up, man. Really it's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's a good place to uh, end oh, Ash Jr. Man. today. That was a yeah, quick we're one. on a tight schedule, man. Okay. White flag. All right, everybody, it's time for White Flag. Jeff Gluck and Jordan Bianchi are in Daytona this week to recap all of the action on track. They will be live right after the duels on Thursday night. So you'll want to tune in for the teardown Thursday night right after the duels. Denny Hamlin's podcast dropped yesterday, so go check that out. He shared his bold predictions ahead of the 2024 season and what his expectations are for himself this year. I hear he's all in. I saw that whole Mm -hmm. bit. The back of the t-shirt was funny. Yeah. Another episode of Speed Street drops tomorrow. Always fun checking in with Connor and those guys. And Dirty Mo Doe with Steve Latart is already in full swing. He handicaps the field. Um, and they will be back on Friday to give you a full preview of the Daytona 500. So a lot going on. You'll want to tune in to Dirty Mo Doe. Even if you're not a gambler, 
I think it's the best way to really understand how to handicap the field. Steve literally tells you who he thinks is going to win and who he thinks will not and who he thinks will struggle. So, um, again, Jeff Gordon on the show tomorrow is our guest. He is going to be awesome. And finally, we have a new Dale Jr. Download spinoff podcast, and it's called DJD Reloaded. I caught some of this this past week. I loved it. I think fans are going to love it. It's a nice change of pace mm-hmm. uh, from the Dale Jr. Download Tuesday and Wednesday shows. I'm not hosting the show, but I loved hearing what Corey LaJoy had to say after I predicted that he would make the playoffs with a win. And you guys came up with some great new alter egos for Christopher Bell. Uh, we actually talked about doing that. Um, we're going to fire it up again this Thursday, and we're going to hear from the fans. It's a show where the fans can engage. So bring your best reactions, your best opinions uh, for our shows this week. Uh, I'll be tuning in again to check out and see how that goes. Looking forward to it. The new number to voice your opinions is 704-584-9703. Give us a call at 704 704- Five eight four nine seven zero three. Lay it on the line because you just might get to hear yourself on DJD Reloaded on Thursdays. All right, that's it. Another Dale Jr. Download in the books. Kicking off the season in 2024 strong with another episode of Dirty Air in the Books. Thank you all. Tomorrow, Jeff Gordon. Look forward to it. We'll see you then. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.